0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And it is... this is the reason we live up here. I mean, the poor folks up in the Midwest, Michigan's, Wisconsin's, Minnesota, they're just it's just cold. Oh my gosh. The high is like freezing. That's that's our low. I mean, at five o'clock in the morning it dips down to that for a moment and then warms right back up. Ah, isn't it nice to be able to dress in layers, go hiking out in the forest and get warm and take a layer off and keep going. And I was in t-shirts part of the week this week. It's great. Your plants. I noticed the plants, my sumacs. I was out doing kind of the initial start of pruning in my yard. So I'll I'll take my time. It'll take me a month or two to kind of get it all done. But when I get bored, I just need some fresh air. I head out and I'm playing with some new uh, electric or cordless pruners. Very dangerous, but boy, do they make the work easy. They just kind of—you pull the trigger and it automatically snips stuff off. Could snip your finger off. That's what I'm worried about. But boy, it goes right through oaks. I was cleaning up an oak tree this week, and uh, a a scrub oak. So it's above head high. I like to keep it down to about head height, because beyond that is my pond. And if it gets too big, it destroys the, the the bird activity and watching the. Yeah. Just the waterfalls. I want to see the pond. You spend all this money to show off this pond. I don't want one wild oak to block it. So every year I go through and I prune it back and then it will grow another (laughs) four feet, some crazy thing. So it's very happy where it's at in the gardens, but it can get too big. Uh, I love my native plants. I never really take those out. I just want to control them because I take, they take no care. I mean, they just take care of themselves, but you just have to shape them. And if you take any care of a native plant, oh, it just it looks it looks tropical. And that's with the way my sumacs, oaks, ceanothus, there's a whole series of plants like that that do really well. And I strategically add natives into certain parts of my landscape. That way they're just I water them, I put them on the drip irrigation for a year. And then after a year, they've rooted out. And if you have one full year underneath them, then they've fully rooted out. Then I don't water. I take them off all irrigation. I'll fertilize them because you want some great blooms on your bear grass. You want some great blooms on your privets. These native things that look great, uh, silverberry or eleagnus, a tremendous tall evergreen that gets head height that's as wide as you can stretch your arms out, evergreen, and it's a native And so everyone wants to plant red tip photinia, which is a deer haven, bugs get on it, mildews, whitefly, everything that could possibly go wrong. They're high maintenance, but they're fast growing. Why not plant a native thing, a native shrub out there that does the same thing? It blocks everything out, but takes almost no care. That's my kind of landscape. So I've matured my landscape over the last 15 years. That's how long we've been in the house. And now it just looks really good. I was out pruning some things and I'm noticing, well, let's, let's, I pruned back some of my grasses. So some of them are looking pretty rough. The plumes had def- definitely faded after that last snow and then all this wind. And so it just looked, it looked not nice. <laughs> so I went, okay, it's time for you to be cut back. Most grasses can be cut right back down to the ground. They're hibernating underground, so it's a true perennial. Perennials, uh, winter underground, they come back fresh every spring. Well, you can start pruning those things back whenever you want. Most of your wildflowers are perennials. They'll come back every year, but they hibernate underground. And so then there's this, if you get the right mix, you get early bloomers, midsummer bloomers, fall bloomers, so your asters and mums have been blooming. Your summer galardias, echinaceas have been blooming. Then you start out the season with the salvia's and some of the others. So there's this nice blend, a good, strong wildflower blend, will give you this season-long um, color to it. Well, all your wildflowers are going to look like brown grass, kind of like this, like you see the wild. It's a wild flower. It's going to look wild, like your wilderness does. So it has a seasonality in the winter where it's just brown. You could take a lawnmower, weed whacker. In fact, I really like weed whackers with wildflowers because as you weed whack it back down to about ankle height or wherever the lowest blade setting is, it just sends seed everywhere and they start reseeding themselves and it zings it across the landscape. It's a great way to spread a wildflower patch. Be careful of your grasses, yuccas, and agaves. I I would include bear grass. Uh, Spanish daggers, Spanish brooms, all these southwesterny-looking things. They're most of them are evergreen. So like bear grass, B-E-A-R, bear, like deer's and bears. Those those grasses are evergreen, and a lot of the landscape maintenance guys they want to just mow it down like it was a pampas grass or a coral forester grass or some of these perennial grasses that you cut back to the ground. Well, they don't know any better. And so they just start cutting back your yuccas and agaves and your bear grass and they look beat up. Those plants don't recover very quickly when they're cut back like that. They're meant to be, leave the structure. If it looks green or blue or that Arizona look, cut back the spent flower, but don't cut back the foliage. So a bear grass, it'll have this white stalk, white flower on top of a long stalk and get up to, oh, chest high or so. And so you'll cut back that flower, and that cleans it up. Looks dead, take the dead limbs out, or dead. That's why many times the yuccas they'll start pruning the very bottom leaves are brown. They'll just take pick those off, and then it almost has a trunk look to it. Especially the Joshua trees, soap tree yuccas, those kind of those are old established yuccas that actually start to form a trunk after you pull off some of those spent, uh, kind of like a palm frond. You're taking those lower leaves off. Don't let your landscape maintenance guys prune them right back to the ground. I've seen that so many times. I'm just embarrassed. They just don't know, nor do they want to know. They just mow and blow guys. They come through and whack off everything. So watch for that. All of your other grasses can be cut back, right back to the ground, except for pampas. Pampas grass is this great big grass. Gets up head height or taller. And the plumes, they have this great big plume to it, hovering above the nice green foliage. I like to prune back my pampas grass every year. You, if you do your homework on the internet, you will be totally dumbfounded by it. I mean, they'll, you get every kind of crazy advice. Here's what I find for the mountains of Arizona. In the winter, pampas grass will keep some of its foliage will be green. Some of it will be brown. And by by spring, it's kind of a 50-50 mix. It'll have a lot of brown, a lot of green. What I find is if I just cut it back to about a foot off the ground, you'll see this matted curly, curlicue section real close to the ground, about a foot off the ground. Cut it back to that. And then what will happen is I'll fertilize it Right after I get done pruning, and it will start to flush all fresh new green foliage next spring. So you won't have all this mixture of brown and green, brown and green, brown and green. It looks terrible. And so the folks that don't prune back pampas grass in the winter sometime, you have between now and end of February, middle of March, you've got plenty of time. Don't feel rushed. But eventually before the spring flush or growth, which usually with pampas grass will start sometime in March. I'm going to try to prune it back. So in the next couple months, I'm going to prune it back. Um, if you make a mistake in pruning, if any kind of pruning mistake is covered uh, by fertilizing. If the plant is truly happy, it's going to grow its way right back out of any blunder you might, oh, I cut the wrong one. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? Don't worry. You, it's, it's better to go, it's better just to fertilize and grow its way back out of it because all that root structure is now feeding and supplying all that new growth coming up from from a smaller tree mass or shrub mass. So you've got all this root, it just quickly covers up any mistake. One thing I do hold off on, I'm waiting on my hedge kind of plants until the end of February, first part of March. Uh, Red um Cotoneaster's, uh, what, silver berries, these big privets, Texas privets. I'll wait to prune those because I, I don't want to see a bunch of cut twigs coming up through the tops of the plants. I want to I see if you wait till right before they start growing, then you'll make that cut. It'll look kind of rough. And then all of a sudden it'll flush new growth and you'll hardly you'll only see a few weeks will go by before you see that, that, that cut pattern being flushed when you covered up. So those are some of my insider tips on pruning in your yard.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
1: Okay, maybe after the same white elephant exchange, it's time to start a new holiday tradition.
0: A living Christmas tree from Waters Garden Center can be decorated and enjoyed for a lifetime, not just a season.
1: When the holiday festivities end, gather family and friends and plant your tree together for years of enjoyment, or Waters will plant it for you, guaranteed.
0: As your family tree grows, have a tree grow with your family from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener, green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener.
1: And we are back. Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about and their gardens or their houseplants or they're just going along in, in their yards. So Lisa, welcome to the studio. Thank you. So any holiday uh, wisdom you want to share with folks before we get started? <laughs> holiday
0: wisdom. Hmm. No. <laughs> eat more cookies i don't know eat,
1: eat more cookies put more pounds on <laughs> have a new year's re- resolution to take off 10 more pounds
0: <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> uh,
1: so gardening yeah uh, we are still having customers come in for gardening it's record oh, you bet. tree sales out the door i mean just i can't mm-hmm. believe how many folks are shifting to living christmas trees the planting crews are booked they're going in beyond the holidays it's mm-hmm. just kind of it's been busy. It's been mild, though. I mean, it's, Yes, it has. There's been no snow. It's <laughs> been in the 60s. I, mean, I, I actually got t-shirt. hot yesterday. Oh, Did. my goodness. So, yeah. So, there we go. That's the mm-hmm. season.
0: Right. Yeah. So, still you can plant. Of course you can plant and be out in your yard. It's a good time. You were out doing some cleanup out in the yard. Looks yeah, it's good. So, yeah, it's a good time to be out there and see what's going on. I got bored. It was so nice
1: out. I just went, I'm just going to camp out in this fresh air and just mm-hmm. enjoy, watch the birds hit the water. Had a, <laughs> a, a kestrel. Oh. I'm pruning a, a, my asparagus back, mm-hmm. and a kestrel zoomed right past me. It landed in the big juniper tree right right there. He didn't even see me. Wow perched looked at me went whoa didn't see you took right off (laughs) that's pretty cool that is really neat big old bird of prey right beautiful
0: yeah how fun it was fun good
1: so garden questions Mm -hmm. what do we got from folks is anything interesting well i don't know about interesting
0: but they're they're all interesting right
1: not all of them. <laughs> Some are just repeats, but you got to answer those two. Well, a lot
0: yeah. of new people in the area. True. Yeah. So, so Paul is out in Dewey. He put in a Chicago hardy fig this spring. Yeah. His question is, is there anything special he should be doing for it this winter? Does it need any extra protection?
1: Uh, I would say just water it. That's the only thing you need to do. Uh, fertilize. So figs are one of those plants. So he's a zone eight. So Chicago hardy figs, I think, go down to zone four. So he should easily grow that without any care whatsoever. Um, what you might do if we get crazy cold, and we're not expected to do that this year, but, but if we do, you might insulate the root ball uh, mm-hmm. with a two, three-inch layer of premium mulch. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you can do right now. And then water it a couple times a month. That's all you got to do. He needs to be aware that figs do not like spring. They like the summer. They like heat. They love yeah. everything about the, the heat. And so they'll be one of the very last things to wake up in spring, and you'll swear it's dead. you mm-hmm. go, oh, my fig died this winter. Not if you insulated the roots and you watered it twice a month. It is not dead. It just wants the temperature to be the soil temperature to be at a certain temperature before it takes off with new growth. And once it starts growing, oh, man, it just grows like, phenomenal growth all at once. Uh, fertilize in the spring uh, with the water's fruit and vegetable food. If you put that on figs, oh, you will have the most delicious, big, that's the Chicago brown is a great big brown, like a brown turkey or this mm-hmm. great big sweet melt-in-your-mouth kind of fig. It's one of those. Oh, you'll have so many figs. You won't know, know what to do with them all. <laughs> like fig Newtons. Fig Newtons. Bring them in. <laughs> I love Fig Newtons. one of my favorite cookies. That Chips Ahoy. Go.
0: Yeah, that's not even really a cookie. Okay. <laughs> so Patty has a question. She's in Prescott. She has crepe myrtles, has several crepe myrtle shrubs. She wants to know, should they be trimmed back? And if so, how far do you trim back crepe myrtles?
1: So so crepe myrtles are, they don't grow in tree form here. They grow more sh- more like shrubs. So I'm sure that's what she's got. Sounds like she's got some older ones. That's good. So they're very tough, very robust um you can trim what the book says you can trim up to 30 percent of the foliage mass in the in the winter okay that's a third of all the foliage areas you can, that's that's a pretty heavy pruning you could almost cheat that to 50 percent if it's just way overgrown but crepe myrtles are rather slow growing mm-hmm. here they don't grow like they do in the south where it's humid and warm they, they grow a little slower and so probably what you all you need to do is shape it get it back to the form that you want. Maybe take a little bit of edge off, give it a haircut, a trim, and then that's probably all you need to do. Crepe myrtles are another one. They're like figs. Mm -hmm. They wake up really late in spring to early summer. Mm -hmm. It won't be until May, first part of June, before they start to leaf out. But when they do, they get this beautiful, glossy green foliage, and then you can count on them, summer through fall, this fluorescent flower color to that it just intense nothing's like it mm-hmm. so that's there's not a lot to it again it would benefit from watering
0: mm-hmm.
1: a couple times a month just because crepe myrtles they they are active they're growing they're forming new roots they have new buds starting to form so it'll need a little bit of moisture sporadic mm-hmm. through winter to keep them healthy
0: so, would you recommend doing it now or waiting more till February to prune on those? It doesn't matter now doesn't matter. through February,
1: anytime through middle of March. Mm-hmm. Pick a nice day; it just doesn't matter. I would say if they've if plants have foliage on them, so like mm-hmm. our our um, salvia gregii or autumn sage still has foliage on it. Oh. It's not quite dormant yet. In fact, mm-hmm. you can still see a few flowers if you look close. <laughs> Uh, so it's still it's still hibernating. Yeah, the, it's taking the all the carbohydrates from the fol- from the leaves, and they're just mm-hmm. starting to form it. They'll take it down to the roots, form new roots. Um, if it's got foliage, don't prune it. Crepe myrtles—they've been dormant for yeah. a month now. They don't now. like the cold. <laughs> they don't like the cold. They like the heat, and so yeah. go ahead, trim on it now or okay. whenever you want between now and March. Sounds
0: good. All right. So Dan would like to know how come we don't sell Modesto pines.
1: Oh, Mondale, Mondale Modesto, Modesto, Mondale, Goldwater Pines—they go Japanese, by several names. <laughs> all the pines down in the in the deserts. Mm-hmm. The reason being, um, there's 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 a rust that gets on them. I mean, I would love to sell them, and I would it'd be a repeat, instant, repeat source of income for us because every seven years you'd have to replace them. They get a disease on them that just takes them out and very within, within the decade, takes them out. So you'll see some beauties, but you don't see these ancient monsters like you do the Austrian pines and scotch pine and ponderosas and pinions. There's so many great pine trees that grow here. Why grow one that you're going to be doomed with or will make a boatload of money on fungicides and that kind of stuff? It's just maintenance. There's so many better choices here. Uh, for the high altitudes. That's the reason why. You know, the reason really, too, the the oaks that we have, mm-hmm. um, there's all kinds of things oak trees harbor. There's galls, all kinds of different galls. And they translate, they transfer over to that particular pine tree. So the oaks don't get affected. Yes, they can get it, but they're so, they're a hardwood. They're so robust, it just doesn't bother them. But when it migrates, that same thing gets onto a pine tree, especially the Mondale Goldwaters, yeah. those Japanese uh, fast-growing pines of the deserts. It just wipes them right out. Mm-hmm. That's the why that we don't sell that one. Okay. We don't sell Leland Cypress either. Nope. Some you'll find them at garden centers, but we won't sell them because there's a disease. There's a canker, uh, something that it's a disease that starts eating at the bark, and literally the life starts oozing out of the pustules. Yeah. of this tree and it just collapses till finally it just it's really the plague it's like covid for leland cypress <laughs> and there's no solution for it there's no cure there's no vaccine it just every single leland's going to be dead right by maybe this year These they're just collapsing before mm-hmm. our eyes and so we stopped selling yeah. that years ago
0: there's quite a few in our neighborhood. Um, you can tell people put them up as screens or blocks. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's sad to see. But, yeah, they're going to go. So if you have Leland's, you might really think about getting a replacement in there. Deodor yeah. Cedars, Junipers. Um, but, yeah, those Leland's Arizona are going Capers. to go. Mm -hmm. They're fine. Oh
1: yeah. Just don't put the Leland Cypress. So this is a big green shrub tree. Gets up twenty by twelve feet wide. It's a great screen. Sold it for many, many decades. Mm -hmm. Never had an issue. And all of a sudden, yeah. It started going. And it'll take it'll go down a row of them and kill every single one. And there's no stopping it. True. So but you can still find it sold at a certain place. So really know who you're buying from. Do your homework. Talk to other gardeners, see what's going on before you start committing you know, $1, build, a $1,000 bill to a huge hedgerow going down your property line, and you know five years from now, it dies. Mm-hmm. Great questions this week, folks. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back.
0: You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. The holidays are here in Arizona's Christmas City, bringing family closer and those chilly winter winds. While you're decorating the outside, don't forget to brighten up the inside with exotic Christmas plants from Waters. Beautiful Christmas cactus and poinsettia are coming to town, grown exclusively by Waters in colors you won't find anywhere else. Unique,
1: vibrant, and guaranteed to warm even the dreariest winter day.
0: Check your list twice for exotic Christmas plants at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two Ts, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Let's
1: touch on how do you tell if a plant is dead, especially if it's deciduous. Deciduous plants are those plants that lose their foliage through the winter, uh, typically. So that would be things like maples, aspens, uh, oaks, sycamores, all your your flowering shrubs like lilacs, forsythia, uh, salvias, Russian sage, they're all deciduous plants. The opposite of that are evergreen plants. These are plants that hold their needles or their foliage right through winter, 12 months out of the year. Or, or let's say scrub oaks. They're evergreen, considered evergreen, but they do shed their leaves in the spring. It kind of confuses folks. And it quickly, within three weeks, pushes new leaves right back on. So, but still, it's considered evergreen, even though it sheds its needles or its leaves. So how do you tell if a maple... Died? How do you tell if an aspen died? How do you tell if an apple, apricot, grape? Here's an easy, easy test. And it'll probably take a pocket knife or a pair of pruners. Or if it's a younger plant, you can even use your thumbnail. The way you tell if a plant is dead or not, or at least that limb is dead, go out and just scrape the bark off. Not a a whole lot, just take your thumbnail, scrape a little bit off. And if underneath the bark, it's green, like a beautiful kelly green. You'll, you'll tell it looks vibrant. If it's white or brown, that means that limb at least is dead. And so if you're checking out your grapes, let's say the grapes have lost their, their foliage, how do you tell if that limb is dead? Scrape the bark off, it'll be this bright, bright green underneath. That means it's alive. I was doing uh, quite a bit of pruning, kind of starting my cleanup in my backyard. I'm also seeing some bud swell. So you're seeing new nodules coming up. So many times you'll see new growth. The sumacs, they're in full spring swell. This warm weather's got them going. I I think it's going to be spring 2021 sooner rather than later. Let's get ready. And so things are actively working right now. They're actively growing or, or forming next spring's flower or leaf buds. And so that's another way to tell. Another way is bend the branch. If it's crispy, that is it breaks right off. it's very brittle. That branch is obviously dead. If it's flexible, still moves back and forth, very, you know supple, well then those branch, that would be alive. And so that's a quick, easy way to tell how a plant, whether it's dead or not dead. Um, I don't think the cold is going to bother. Anything that's in your yard. Most of those plants are, in fact, anything that that winters over with us, they are hardy. They've got zone hardiness to them. So they'll rate plants throughout the country. They'll tell you how cold that plant can take before it dies. So you see a zone 1 through 10 or 11. That's USDA zone, hardiness zone. That's how it's rated. You read a plant tag. So all of our plant tags, most of them that I think of, have a hardiness to them. We are a zone seven or zone eight, depending on where you're at. So zone seven, your plants need to be able to go down to 10 degrees. Zone eight, you need to be, oh, no, no, opposite. Take that back, retract, erase. Zone eight needs to go down to 10 degrees. Zone seven is like five degrees. So the lower the number, the colder that plant can go down to. So if you grow, if you're a zone seven Prescott Arizona, whereas classic zone seven plant? You can grow plants. That zone seven plant will grow in seven, eight, nine. It'll go higher. It won't necessarily go lower. A zone five plant you could grow. So in your backyard, if you're a zone seven garden, uh, landscapes, you can grow plants that grow in zone seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. In zo- your zone or lower, you you, can, you need plants that can do that. Because a spruce tree, it's a zone three, something like that. It goes down to minus 40 degrees, some crazy cold. But it'll also take, it'll also grow in zone seven. Okay. We never even remotely have seen, we rarely, rarely see below sub-zero in Prescott, Arizona. Uh, we never have seen negative 40. That's just not us. That's Minnesota stuff or high Rocky Mountain stuff. That's not us, but it will grow in zone seven. So hopefully I haven't, confused you with all this. So figure out what your zone is. And if you're wondering, I published a, a garden blog on that probably a month ago. Uh, take a look, watersgardencenter.com. There's a blog button. It just says blog. And all the articles that I write weekly, we put them on there. Just at, in fact, in the upper right-hand corner, it'll say, just, it has a search bar, just put USDA zones. It'll pop right up first thing. So if you want to know, and in there I embedded a, a zip code finder. You put your zip code, it'll tell you what your code is. Let's try to make it really simple. But for most of us in this central highlands area, we're going to be a zone 7. If you're at the high high end, so let's say Groom Creek, Highland Pines, all the ridge lines, uh, up Senator Highway, looking down towards Prescott, maybe you're a zone 6. So know what your zone is and then buy plants accordingly And if you're just not sure, take a picture. Bring it into the garden center. We'll tell you. We could pretty much, I can almost ID things by their bark. And we can tell a lot. We're looking for bud swell and decay, things that are happening to the plant. We could probably tell you. Bring a sample in. We could definitely tell you if it's dead or alive in your yard.
0: The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants an ugly sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you truly
1: care about loves their garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense.
0: Next spring, she can pick exactly what she was hoping.
1: We all know it's not the same as a huge flower basket or fragrant rose, but hey it's winter gardeners understand
0: waters online gift cards are found at top10plants.com or at waters garden center in prescott you're listening to the mountain gardener with local expert ken lane mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few ken's tips tricks and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener now welcome back to the mountain gardener
1: We are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week in this segment just to get a different perspective on life, gardening, children, <laughs> marriage, all of the above, whatever's mm-hmm. on on your heart, that's what we share over the airwaves and it's all 10 minutes yours uninterrupted the whole segment.
0: Uninterrupted. That'll be the day. I don't think I could talk for 10 minutes. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> ah! <laughs>
1: So in our, our marriage, we're kind of reversed. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't need to talk more than 200 words a day. I need 20,000. Just Usually it's the opposite. Men mm-hmm. don't have to talk much. I would like to hear myself talk. I think <laughs> things out loud by talking. I, uh, yeah. I, I And if I don't get my word count in, I feel lonely. Aww. But you like to listen to me.
0: I do like to listen. Just don't have a lot to say. A lot
1: of but when you do, your ears better be perky and, and bright because uh, every word counts. That's right. <laughs> so what do you got for us this week?
0: Well, we I, I'm amazed how many houseplants we're selling right now, yeah. which is uh, usually this time of year, people are focused on other things. They're yeah. gift buying, they're decorating their trees. Uh, but I was really impressed how many people are bringing in houseplants, whether they just want to bring that green inside and this is something they can tend to and or they're new in the area and they need to replenish their houseplants. I'm not quite sure. But. You know,
1: there's lots of new houses going up. And, you know, I think this spring we saw a marked increase in the number of people interested in gardening. Mm-hmm. Part of it's just food insecurities people wanted to grow their own uh, houseplants have always been big but now we're stuck indoors i think it even garnered more interest and right. so the fresh air the the healthy benefits nurturing something that's living and, and alive within my my space there's a lot of different reasons but lots of new rooftops a lot, i see yeah. lots of mothers with kids coming in yeah shopping yeah for houseplants something sure. to do something
0: to do with the kids yeah. and I was talking to a friend the other day she's I hadn't seen her for a while and she was in buying houseplants and I'm like well how are you doing how are your girls because she had twin girls too and yeah. She goes, Well, you know, one's getting married, the other's moving out, I'm all kind of by myself now. She goes, Now I'm nurturing houseplants. She's got to nurture something, <laughs> so now awesome. she's nurturing houseplants. And that's I thought, awesome. Oh, that's really cool. You
1: know, they are living, breathing things. Mm-hmm. And when you're around them, so the, the proof is you go into a, a tropical garden, let's say a botanical garden, mm-hmm. you go in that greenhouse they always have a central themed usually the hub Mm -hmm. of the all the outside garden you come in you just walk into the space you go wow yeah you just feel it you can't explain it but you can feel it and houseplants are touching us communicating with us i think we're built to be gardeners and around plants
0: oh sure i agree and i actually have enjoyed bringing more house plants in for a long time i didn't do them because i would just kill them um But I've gotten a lot smarter about it. And I actually enjoy bringing in the house plants now and helping them grow. So I was thinking for those people that are looking for those hard people that are hard to buy gifts for. So I was thinking if you have a person in your life that is a nurturer or is more interested in house plants than they've been in the past, they could either come in and pick out a houseplant because we have wonderful selection or get a gift card for that person or yeah. both. Ooh, yeah. you could get both
1: <laughs> and stick the gift card in the houseplant. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and let them come in and pick out their own because we have a great selection. And then after the, after the holidays we'll have a bunch more in. We also have a really nice new selection of air plants in the Talancias, which are just really fun fun you know people i what i like about it is you can put them anywhere in fact i saw the other day a car had one hanging from their rearview mirror
1: oh that's a good idea <laughs> that's great actually i thought
0: oh that's kind of cool idea
1: <laughs> or the vw beetles used to have the flower base i don't mm-hmm. know if they do that anymore but oh, they yeah. have a base that yeah. they actually put on the dash and mm-hmm. that's that's you're marketing to a certain kind of person when you've, you've built your car with a flower base in it
0: right <laughs> that is true But we've got some real pretty um, African violets in right now, some wonderful um, succulents, different varieties of succulents that are so easy to take care of. Great pots. We got a new shipment of pottery in with a lot of houseplant size pottery from itty bitty, like three inch up to great big stuff. So those would definitely be nice Christmas ideas, gift ideas for people. Um, One of the other things I was thinking about for gifts for that gardener in your your life is garden seeds vegetable seeds yeah, flower sure. seeds herb seeds um, it's a great time to get those they're going to be fine until summer you know the seeds don't go bad especially if you keep them in a you know a dry spot out of the out of the wind and all that kind of stuff but wouldn't that be fun to get a nice selection of garden seeds?
1: I could see uh, stocking stuffers mm-hmm. easily or a basket with a pair of pruners or, or a new water wand or you could package something up easily with seed. And and gardeners, there's something freaky about gardeners. They they like to think about spring. That's that's the future. They look at that. <laughs> they don't see the seed. They look at the yeah. harvest. Mm-hmm. They're looking at what the spring's going to be. That's why we love looking at garden catalogs. Right. It's The pictures are just as good. It's... It's like porn for gardeners. You just love. You can't (laughs) Uh, look away. (laughs) Maybe not. That's a bad analogy. Yeah, I didn't
0: like that one. No, Uh, we also have a wonderful selection of wildflower seeds in. So, if you have someone in your life, or you yourself is thinking about a wildflower garden for the coming spring, um, getting that seed now is is perfect timing. They can put it out after Christmas.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of gardeners, especially if you are new to gardening, you, you try to use. The things you have in the garage or the garden shed, mm-hmm. which are probably you've second-hand, picked it up someplace, they're not good tools. I mean, we, we're we experienced gardeners, and we like good tools, and we try to buy a, a new thing, a new shovel.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: it's if it did not have a point on it, it's a pain to dig in this native earth that we have. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're pruning, coming into pruning season, good pair of pruners, good mm-hmm. water wands, good... You know they, sometimes you're dealing with that old stuff, you just need to upgrade the gloves. Why should you be tolerate holes in your <laughs> gloves? You look like a popper. go out there and have yeah. you can afford a twenty dollar pair of really nice goatskin gloves mm-hmm. that makes gardening enjoyable, not just a Ooh, challenge.
0: I just thought of something else if for a house plant person. Is a moisture meter. Sure.
1: Yeah. Great. Yeah.
0: Because that's half the problem with houseplants is are, do they need more water? Are we watering too much? But that just takes all the guess out of it. Makes it easy.
1: Yeah, one we've got an ad that we put together last year for Mother's Day mm-hmm. on gift cards. He said, you're not buying her a gift card. You're buying her 90 minutes alone, <laughs> by herself, true. in the garden center, just yeah. time to herself, looking at the plants. Mm-hmm. It's sort of that. They may not even know what they want, but yeah. this is just a delight to come in and, ex- and experience. You actually mm-hmm. feel the plants. We set the place up, so... Yeah. It feels good. That's, that's your giftedness Your and what you do with the staff. Me, I just, what do I do? Accountants, uh, attorneys, wondered. HR, consultants. You do consultants.
0: The not fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like it. I like small business. So I, like, I like the yeah. aspect that it never gets boring. It's always that's true. different.
0: Always different. Except yeah.
1: I would never want to relive 2020 again. This has just been the hardest year yeah. for a business. Mm-hmm. For us, Garden Center's been very profitable. More gardeners. They're stuck at mm-hmm. home. But I would not wish this year on anyone just because no. it's they don't give you a game book on <laughs> on how to how to play this I know how to deal with recessions major road construction I can get us I can get any company through that like it was nothing but a but the the black plague of the 21st century I I don't know it's a hard one yeah.
0: it's been a, a a very unusual year and yeah. Um, it's interesting to watch how different people handle, even with their own family, we have different people handling it differently. And not that there's a right or wrong. I'm not, I never want to shame anybody or any of that crazy stuff that's going on um but i you always say you have the same people just need to garden more yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and i kind of feel like this year has been that people just need to garden more and yeah. not live in so much fear and be fearful and worried and anxious and angry um just get out and garden more whether it's inside outside I just yeah. think that would help a lot.
1: There's some theory, there's some science behind that that's actually backs that up. Says it mm-hmm. does help you with anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. Gardening does. It is a stress relief. But I just like it that mm-hmm. I put my phone down because I don't want to bury it. I buried <laughs> one before. I've actually <laughs> mowed one out in the yard before, so I don't take it with me. Mm-hmm. And I actually lose track of time. That's and great. so at the, by the time I get done, it's the end of the day. I'm going. Where did the day go? So mm-hmm. so therapeutic for me mentally if I get writer's block go garden it helps Mm -hmm. the the writing come the ideas come so good good advice Lisa good gift ideas for gardeners this year in your life Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners will be right back
0: for more tips tricks and garden shortcuts through ken's website podcast the show read his weekly garden column or follow him on facebook and instagram at waters garden that's waters with two t's GardenCenter.com.
1: okay maybe after the same white elephant exchange it's time to start a new holiday tradition
0: a living christmas tree from waters garden center can be decorated and enjoyed for a lifetime not just a season
1: When the holiday festivities end, gather family and friends and plant your tree together for years of enjoyment, or Waters will plant it for you, guaranteed.
0: As your family tree grows, have a tree grow with your family from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, Welcome, your host, Ken Lane.
1: So, this week's garden column was on discovering more joy in 2021 through pets and plants. And then I quickly curtailed into which houseplants can you grow? There's so many new puppies and kittens and kids in the house, and and not all houseplants are safe for a kitten that loves to chew on everything or a puppy that's teething. You know, they eat everything. Uh, the, some plants are just downright poisonous. So I put an article together and, and said, okay, if you've got that, look towards these houseplants. plants." I thought I'd just give you a few ideas of things. We're pet people, hardcore pet from the kids raised rats and cats and dogs and Turtles and raised swine for 4-H projects. We we just we're big into animals. We love animals. I think they they enrich our lives, and so we in, we embrace that. We bring our pets to the garden center. In fact, uh, they're here today, and they're just free roaming, greeting people. And so Vincent's a big black lab, and you know black labs you got to watch them. He's a counter surfer. He loves seeing what's up on the counter, especially if there's anything delicious. And so we need to be really careful with him on what he what di- what dishes we leave up there. We don't want Pyrex hitting the hitting the uh, tile floor and breaking the tile, all because he's trying to lick out the meatloaf. So we kind of watch that. Chocolates, we're careful with household uh, chemicals, like cleaners. We just got a puppy will just chew on a bottle of, I mean, alkalide kitchen cleaner, not because they're interested in what's inside, just because it feels that rubber that's plasticky think feels good on their teeth because they're teething. So you just have to watch things like that. Common sense things, obviously. Uh, and then really be careful in the backyard where the dogs can free roam. I'm super careful. So we have a lot of rat, mice, squirrel, chipmunk problems. And so they're always coming in and they're, they're eating the, the hot tub they all, they're building a nest in the barbecue. They love the bin where we store the outdoor furniture mats or, or padding. So they'll have to get in there and just wreak havoc. They can ruin a, you know, $500 worth of padding or tables and nothing flat. And so I've got this this trap line basically in the backyard because I don't want to use poisons. I only want to use a, a mechanical trap. And yeah, if a puppy gets its lip caught in it, it's, it'll yelp but we can get it off real quick. But I don't want to use poison out there. In the front yard, I don't care as much. I've got mouse traps or bait tr- containers that keep animals out of it, but I wouldn't want a puppy going to chew on that just because they're not after the poison inside, but just chewing on the outside the container to for boredom. I don't know. So some common sense, things like that. But inside the house, we also have to be one more, and that's the plant piece. And so we're into this We're stuck indoors. If you're a gardener, you feel you need plants. You just need something living, breathing. You feel better with plants. It's healthier for you. And so some plants that are better than others. Uh, Let's just start with the most obvious. I mean, things like African violets. If you need color, you you want actual flowers, African violets are just so easy to grow. And they are very safe. For everyone that touches, looks at, admires an African violet. Go ahead, have multiple colors. They grow great. My African violets grow best probably on an east-facing window. There's some some bright, a real bright room. And then you just put them out there and fertilize them every once in a while, and they just consistent in pushing their blooms. Oh bloom two, three times a year. The next one would be a Boston fern. These are great big leafy. Uh ferns are just good for darker rooms in your yard but also they're very safe for your pets. You don't have to worry about them as much. Christmas cactus. This is one that you really only see this time of year. They're starting to go into bloom, so we've got dozens of colors, several sizes, hundreds of plants. Christmas cactus live for years and years and years and they're very safe for your pets, for kittens, for kids. In fact, it's one of the easiest plants. If you want to start, have lots of, of starts of your Christmas, they're very easy to pluck a, uh, a Christmas cactus pad off, put it in some good uh, seedling mix potting soil. It will almost root to every single pad that you stick in there. It'll, it'll start making a new plant just like that. Several plants. We've got Christmas cactus, customers that have Christmas cactus that are generations old. Because Grandma started this plant back when she had her house in 1943 and she's been growing this it was huge and then she took off some cuttings since she gave it to friends and grandkids and just Christmas presents. That was a thing. It still is a thing. We're giving plants as a present is is therapeutic for gardeners, but it, it creates some history some longevity and this is this is a plant my grandmother grew. That's a, a Christmas cactus will live that long or longer. Uh, in, your, in your house. Won't grow outside, but it'll grow inside and very safe for all the living things, including pets, people, and kittens in your yard. Another one, palm trees, specifically parlor palms. These are larger plants, but palms are safe enough to worry about them. If you get a, a mischievous kitten that gets in there, roots around, digs in the dirt, or a puppy that's likes just sniffing around, chewing on branches just because they're bored, or look at me, I th- they just need attention half the time. <laughs> um, palms are, are safe. I wouldn't worry about them. On a side note, um, we have a lot of houseplants here at the garden center. Uh, we have pets that we bring to the garden center. We encourage you to bring your pets. Keep them on a leash. And just realize you might bump into our dogs who are very friendly, very trained to say hi and just sit there, take barking or take licking or take playing or take kids. They're just very trained to be interactive and social. You you might bump into them. Uh, But we don't sell any houseplants that are truly, I mean, toxic. what, What will happen is poinsettias. We have lots of poinsettias right now, multiple colors. They're beautiful. They scream the holidays. Um. If your plant is eaten by a puppy, the the quantity of poinsettias, you need dozens of them for them to eat enough to actually poison them. What will happen is they'll get sick to their stomach and they might vomit up, but it won't actually poison them. So yes, they might be toxic or not as safe as others, but really I I wouldn't worry too much. I've got poinsettias in our house because I just love, I love holiday plants. I've got Christmas cactus too, but I've got poinsettias, got an Amaryllis. We've got special Christmas containers. We put them in. It's just all festive. But I don't worry about my, my dogs eating them just because I know they can't eat enough of them to really do damage to that plant. Maybe a really young puppy, maybe. But no, the quantity is so great. So just don't don't stress over it. But if you need the list, we've got it here at the garden center. We can go right through it. Um, hibiscus. Keep, they are perfectly safe. Not poisonous What? So ever no tuxi- toxicity, spider plants, staghorn fern, aloe vera. There's a whole list here. Be glad to give it to you. Share them just because we are we're plant people. If you've got infants in the house, you know how they're curious, especially when they get to the toddler stage when they start going upright. woo. They're into everything. You need to be a little bit more aware. So they're they like to chew. Everything goes in their mouth. If that's a case, come talk to us. We can give the list that. These are safe. Put these in the back bedroom where they don't get into as much. So those kinds of things. So some common sense. Hopefully that's helpful to you if you're worried or have a new puppy or new new kids at home. Uh, We're here to help you at least with the houseplant side of things. Uh, I, I can tell you that the best houseplant food I have ever used, oh my gosh, especially for African violets, aloe veras, anything succulent cactus. We created a transplant shock um, uh, fertilizer, basically, that's made when you plant a new aspen tree, spruce tree out in the yard. You give it root and grow, that's the name of it, and it will start rooting out better. That stuff, it's a composted tea, basically, but that stuff's like magic for houseplants. I can't believe how good things look. If you have watering issues, we make another product called Aqua Boost Crystals. I'll mix some of that because we travel so much. I mix that into the, into the roots. These crystals swell up and they hold water around the root ball. And now I don't have to... I'm watering like once every three, four weeks. Not every week I overwater things because the Aqua Boost Crystals kind of take the pressure off of watering. We can help you grow better houseplants. Your Water's Garden Center.
0: You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. The holidays are here in Arizona's Christmas City, bringing family closer and those chilly winter winds. While you're decorating the
1: outside, don't forget to brighten up the inside with exotic Christmas plants from Waters.
0: Beautiful Christmas cactus and poinsettia are coming to town grown exclusively by waters and colors you won't find anywhere else unique
1: vibrant and guaranteed to warm even the dreariest winter day
0: check your list twice for exotic christmas plants at waters garden center in prescott you've tuned in to the mountain gardener with local garden expert ken lane join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens now welcome your host ken lane
1: So we are definitely into the winter planting season. There's basically seven seasons to gardening here in the mountains of Arizona, and, and let me just right now it's winter. So we're, it's evergreen spruce and pines and firs and junipers and all your broadleaf evergreens like red tipotenias and even honeysuckles. They can all be planted right now and be perfectly fine. They're happy being planted while it's cool out. They actually prefer it because there's less shock. There's less it's just easier on them. They're already acclimated to the cold. That's not a big thing. They'd rather be in the ground and they'll actually start rooting for you. You'll get better growth next spring by planting those now. This is the winter season. Everyone says there's four growing seasons, garden season, but really I define it as seven. And it starts out with early spring. Early spring is March, April. Things are blooming. So lilacs are out, daffodils are going, uh, your forsythia are in bloom, azaleas, rhododendrons, they're all in bloom, but yet we're still seeing some frost. So I define that as early spring. You're putting in your early spring vegetables, leafy things like lettuce and spinach and broccoli and cauliflower. And there's a whole series of plants that love cold, but frost, cold frost, but bright days. Then we go into spring, traditional planting. This is basically May through middle of June or so. That's the traditional mass, teeming hordes of gardeners flood the garden centers and we're overwhelmed. And it's just every gardener that even grew, every tomato is sold then. And so that's when you start planting your things that, that bloom in the spring, but can't take frost. Most of your annual flowers are in this, geraniums and impatience and coleus. Your tomatoes, peppers, watermelons, they all go in then. This is also when the roses show up and enforced by the thousands here at the garden center. From there, we go into a unique month. I define it as perennial month, the month of June. This is when all the perennials you'll find at the garden center, they're all in bloom. And so before that, they're green, they're coming up, but they're not flowering yet. Perennials are those things that come back every year. And so if you want to put perennials in, oh, the month of June is the time because now you can touch and feel the flower. You have to look at a little tiny tag. You can actually see it in bloom and see the butterflies on it, hummingbirds floating over it. Then we go into summer. Summer season is when um, like roses, sharons, crepe myrtles. is it your summer. This is when a lot of shade trees go in. It's just hot. You need plants that can take the heat. That's the summer season. Then you go into fall color. we just come out of that. So your, your maple trees are bright red. The, the service berries, the native service are bright orange. Crab apples are going into, into orange as well. Purples of, of, of raywood ash. All of that fall color is beautiful. That's what we celebrate as we transition into. I define the next one as holiday plants. Holiday. Redecorating. You're putting mums out you're taking your pumpkins, you're adding asters, you've got your uh, holiday flowers like poinsettias, amaryllis, Christmas cactus are all in during the holiday growing season. A lot of it's indoors, some of it's outdoors. Lots of herbs are grown then for bringing them outdoors to the indoors. We're starting to see frost now. And then the last one's what we're in now, evergreen or winter planting season. So you can plant all seven seasons. The product mix will change at the garden centers depending on what season it is. So I don't have a lilac in stock right now. We're actually starting to harvest those. We'll start shipping those in January. So pretty short order. We're starting to get close to spring 2021, at least here at Waters Garden Center. Uh, We just have to coordinate plants. They're all about coordinating shipping. You got to hit the farms, fill up the semi, then it trucks down then we unload it and start processing. That'll start sometime in January and it just continues through March as we fill the garden center back up. But those are the seven seasons, early spring, spring, perennial, summer, fall, holiday, and winter planting seasons here in the mountains of Arizona. Ken and Lisa Lane, we camp out here at Waters Garden Center. Anything we can do for you and your gardens, please visit. We love talking to fans of the show.
0: Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants an ugly sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you
1: truly care about loves their garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense.
0: Next spring, she can pick exactly what she was hoping.
1: We all know it's not the same as a huge flower basket or fragrant rose. But hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand.
0: Waters online gift cards are found at top10plants.com or at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.